You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Good. Days. <laughs> good. Good. Squash is good. Um, squash and then walking in the rain immediately after is good. Yeah, all of our nice weather is gone. It's gone. The whole week is just rain so. with a little cloud, with like sunny periods, you know? It's not, it's kind of opposite of what you would hope it would be. You just right. want it to rain every once in a while to cool the air off, but it's all rain and little bits of sun. All rain, no fun. At least yeah. your squash is indoors. I guess all That's squash correct. is indoors. Yes. <laughs> I but, don't uh, think you at can... least your activity. Yeah. Dan has to play frisbee tonight. I have to play football on Wednesdays. And outside. Yeah. So that's rain also rain or shine. Rain or shine, you play. Unless it's thunder. Yeah, which I, I don't know. I got into an argument last week with someone on the other team because my team didn't want to play. And the point I made was because it was piss poor it was, yeah, it's not fun anymore. It's you're just <laughs> muddy. S- muddy and you're <laughs> soaked and it's a dang- it's a hazard first of all, especially if even if you're playing on turf. If you slip and fall like someone could twist I'm not that young. Someone could you could twist an ankle, you could hurt yourself all for what? Nothing. If the only thing you're the living glory. for, yeah. If the only thing you're living for each week is flag football, you Wednesday. Have a they're one Wednesday. Yeah, you honestly don't leave. Don't leave your house. Yeah, curl up in a ball somewhere. Welcome to screening in Kingston. <laughs> Hopefully the sun comes out. Um, um, we've got a lot of things to kind of go over today. We've got some movies to talk about. Um, I saw All Is True, the sort of Shakespeare bio kind of bio. Though some stuff was was I think was clearly made up, but but it's much more accurate than anything I've seen. Just having learned a lot about Shakespeare in school. Well, they don't really know a lot about. Not him. a lot. I mean, they know bits and pieces about him, and they don't even really know what he looks like, which is one of the biggest controversies of this movie. And like, of course, it's twenty nineteen, so there's a controversy over this movie. Uh, is Kenneth Branagh who plays Shakespeare has like prosthetics on his face, hardly noticeable. First of they all, they could have just. Yeah, I've seen a picture. He looks how he normally looks. Yeah, hardly would. noticeable. But then people are making a big stink about it. But there's an oil painting of Shakespeare that's supposedly the most accurate. Allegedly Shakespeare. Yeah, allegedly Shakespeare. And, you know, he kind of looks like that. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and then you saw Booksmart. I did, yeah. Which I've heard very good things about. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Good. All right. That, excellent. This um, year's Ladybird, perhaps. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I also the second movie I saw this week that we're not really talking about, but I'm going to rant about is X Men: Dark Phoenix. I do have a headline about it. Yeah. Great. So I'll save my rant for the headline. Um, but we do have some fan questions. So a quick note for fans, though, just a scheduling change. If you want your questions read on the show on Tuesdays. You've got to get them to us by 5 o'clock on the Monday. So 5 o'clock is the new deadline on the Monday of whatever, you know, the, whatever week of the show that, that you want to do. I mean, I guess you could email in saying read this in three weeks, but I don't know why you would do so that. It's just a little bit sooner. Yeah, it's just a little bit sooner. Just do, like if you, if you emailed in today, for example, you probably will not hear your question on air. So make sure you email uh, on the Monday by 5 o'clock. Uh, so three questions to get us going. We've got first Carrie asks, hi, Taylor and Mike. Looking at all the music bio movies currently out and coming, 
What band or music icon do you think should get a movie next? Bowie. David Bowie? Yeah, I think that would... And I think they could go the route of the Elton John, it being more, like, fantastical, Mm -hmm. as opposed to kind of like a, you know, the Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm -hmm. Um, That, just off the top of my head, that's the one I'm thinking of. My music knowledge is limited, as we know. Um, So, you know, I know, like, the Backstreet Boys and Eminem, you know? Um, (laughs) So All of my favorite bands are too... Not to sound like that person, but like they're not mainstream mm, enough for to them get a to movie. make a movie yeah, about yeah. them. I think they're picking the right ones. Those big icons, those big, yeah. and you know Johnny um, Johnny Cash. He already has a movie about his life. Mm-hmm. That would have been a pick. You know what they don't have? They don't actually have a a movie about the Beatles. I mean, they have documentaries. But they don't have a movie where it's yeah, like these four true. actors are taking and are playing the Beatles. Maybe because people wouldn't believe it, I guess. I don't know. But there, I find the Beatles fascinating because I don't get it. Like I don't get the hype. Yeah, the neither do I. I I, 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 I honestly don't. Under, yeah, I honestly don't understand it. Like I've listened to their music and I'm like, this is okay. But I don't I see it as... I think bands much better than the Beatles. 100%. I 100% This is a agree. hill I will die on. Yeah, I 100% <laughs> agree. And and the fandom and the the... There, there were a lot of better looking people than the Beatles, it but was. but it was like people fainted and died in front of them. Like it, I, I can't get it, and I'd like to know more. And I feel like a movie could tell you more about why yeah. that happened. One, it's like Beyonce's fans, the Beehive, don't get it, don't really get the allure of yeah. Beyonce. Yeah. Two, did, have you seen the new trailer for the new? It's. This the the premise of the movie. The Beatles he, don't he, exist. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 That looks like such up. a good yesterday yeah. or something. I can't remember the name yeah. of the movie, but yeah, that looks amazing. Yeah, that looks, looks so good. good. Even though I'm not like a Beatles fan, I'll probably no, but see that. The, who, I can't remember the name of the actor, but he seems like a great singer. So at a least very unique premise. Hmm. You know he he wakes up from, from a car an accident. Crash. Yeah. And, and the Beatles don't exist. Yeah, no one knows who the Beatles <laughs> are, so he becomes famous by singing their songs, which is hilarious I love and it. it's a great premise but yeah i mean i i think that that type of of route is also interesting to me that that type of, of I, movie I, I think because the, the beatles their music is so iconic they yeah. can you have to pick a band where yes it would be weird if we didn't know who yeah. they were yeah because even someone like me i've heard of the beatles yeah and i'm, I'm not a music fan um but again I, i've never really understood the fandom around it and i'd love to see a kind of somewhat realistic telling because i i found rocket man like a really honest telling of of elton john's life so yeah. if you can be that honest i'd love to know was it a marketing ploy whether were, were there a lot was there someone else behind that fandom how did they make that happen was it actually organic i don't know like again that's it there's so many things you don't know it'd be interesting to to dive into it there is a biopic about a young john lennon when he's like in his teens okay i don't remember the name of it it came out when i was an undergrad so like over seven years ago now and that makes sense he he had a tragic end so it makes yeah. sense that he... so he's a little bit of a but it'd be but nice yeah, yeah, it'd be in terms of like the beatles as a band yeah. the four of them yeah that's that'd be neat so long as for me again so long as it's it's as honest as you can be but i'm okay with it being somewhat theatrical like we're talking about with rocket man rocket man is is honest and and there doesn't appear to be a lot of lies in there but they're they're taking it in a theatrical unrealistic way to sort of put it into a, the the scene of a musical and it works like they made mm-hmm. it work in that sense um but bohemian rhapsody is just like a love letter to the surviving members of yeah. queen like it really is the more i think about that movie even though i did like i was entertained by it and i did enjoy it the more i'm kind of like freddie mercury kind of got the 
bad end of this once again. Like he, he yeah. you know, the, the band members who are alive got to have the great moments of like, we're going, I, I can't get over it. I'm still not, I bring it up all the time. The, the scene where they're at this party and they're like, Freddie, we're going to go home to our wives. We can't stay out. No, that's not what you did. Like, come on. We have girlfriends now, yeah. Freddie. No, you, you slept with a bunch don't. of people. You cheated on your girlfriends. You cheated on your wives. That's um, exactly what happened. You know, I enjoyed, but Bo- Bo- I feel like now I'm more critical of Bohemian Rhapsody. I really enjoyed seeing it in theaters. It was a good experience. Yeah, so did I. But I'm definitely more critical of it as Absolutely. time goes on. And especially yeah. holding it up to Rocket Man. Well, I will say for me of the three big like this is about musician movies that i've seen recently it goes rocket man number one bohemian rhapsody number two and a star is born number three so that's how it is so and far. i would put um netflix the dirt which is about Motley oh, the Crue. dirt i haven't seen that i would rank that above um bohemian rhapsody. i have not i have not checked out the dirt because i have no emotional connection whatsoever to motley Crue. Mm. didn't even know any of their songs yeah and i still thought it was a great movie there you go there you go so did we answer Carrie's question? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, we said yeah who David, should be next? Okay, pick you, David your Bowie, pick was David Bowie. And yours was the Beatles. And mine was the Beatles. There you go. Um, Chris. Fan of the show. Fan of the show says, thanks, genie equal elf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. what we said. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's Thank exactly Thank you, Chris. Thanks. You summarized Thanks, our... Chris. Moving on to the next question is from, oh, my computer went to sleep. Uh, Jacob. Working off this fun casting theme, I guess we have had a bit of a casting yes. scene the past couple uh, episodes. Taylor uh, would, oh, I think it's who you meant. Who would Mike play a werewolf it's, or yeah. a vampire in Twilight? Mike, what superhero would Taylor play in the MCU? Thanks. Mike would play a werewolf. Okay, apparently I'm a werewolf. <laughs> um, what MCU character? I didn't do any uh, research into this before, which I should have, because um, I had these questions and I knew this was coming. But there is a character, basically she goes by A, but I think her name's like Natalie Monroe or something like that. But anyway, she's, um, you could play you could play her. She hasn't been introduced yet, but she's sort of a, sort of a mysterious, I think she's actually a mutant. Can you show me a picture? So she's part of the... She's part of the Marvel, like, comic universe, but I don't think she's been... In, like, she... I don't but think... But is she an X-Men if it's mutants? No, I don't even think she's part of the X-Men. I think she's an Avenger. And they're going to introduce her later? Yeah, but because I think, like, I think some people in Marvel, um, they are mutants, but they're not necessarily part of X-Men. I have to now look it up. You need to vamp while I am. <laughs> I have to freestyle while you look up this character well, that because, doesn't exist. No, because her, it's like <laughs> A. Her name is A. Um, no, she exists. Marvel characters. What's her know. suit? What's her power? She's telepathic. Okay. Um, and I believe she – there's something to do with – her she's got this like person she always hangs out with and they both kind of do a bunch of stuff i'm trying to find her but like i can't find her I don't think she she's exists real. she's real i'm she's you real casted me as a fake character she exists <laughs> well i want to be know. the soviet assassin i want to be um, you want to be bl- like a black widow i want to be black widow character no I don't think so, Taylor. I'm not a Scarlett Johansson. I'll admit it. I am not a Scarlett Johansson. No, you don't have to be Scarlett Johansson. There's a lot of different Black Widows. 
Like there's like a whole pantheon of black widows. Ah, here we go. Claire Moore, that's her name. She looks like a tank girl. I don't know what that is, but that's just the picture that pulled it. Just, okay, you know what? The picture so was a bad the, idea. Read, read no, the... No, I don't think it has... Okay, okay. So this woman is only known as A, um, and she is half of a mercenary duo known as the Lady Killers. Yeah, that's pretty A cool. and her partner, T. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be T? Oh, because T's a dude. Oh, okay. Uh, uh Alexander Skarsgård can be T. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, Perfect um, casting. So, once again. oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they were fir- they first appeared in a Wolverine comic. Oh, okay. Um, and sort of like fought Wolverine, but then she most kind, people become good. That kind of makes her look like Harley Quinn. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely like Harley Quinn and the girl from um, uh, Natalie Portman played her when she was little. Honestly, the reason why I thought of it is because she's short. <laughs> and you're short, and she. I think you you could pull off her sort of feisty, spunky, spunkiness, but yeah, like yeah, definitely, definitely. Claire Moore. So Claire Moore or A. A. Cool. Who told you she existed? Um, yeah. So I guess we have been doing a lot of casting stuff on the show recently. They are fun. So yeah, send us anything else you want to cast. Why am I a werewolf? Because the werewolves are more like athletic. And the vampires, because we're talking about Twilight, right? Oh, twi- yeah. Oh, was this Twilight specific? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So that's why you're more of a werewolf. The vampires. I haven't seen all the Twilight movies. Stand around. Do you think? <laughs> and I don't the- remember. Like I, I've seen some of the Twilight movies. I haven't seen them all, but I don't remember anything Although about it. Although the vampires do play baseball, that's there. So the vampires play baseball, but the the werewolves were- do werewolves what? are just like more of a physical you know they transform from mm-hmm. man into werewolf they do actually transform though in the movie right like they're not like a half man half no, werewolf they become, they become wolves. like big wolves, big wolves. essentially yeah, okay yeah, yeah, okay yeah. so yeah i stand by my casting okay werewolf there you go um if so again if you want to get a question in be sure to email us at screening at gmail.com and don't forget the new deadline mondays by five o'clock and then we'll get you on the show so we saw some movies, um, and we're going to talk about them. Why don't uh, why don't let's let's get to Booksmart because okay. I think I think a lot of people are interested in this movie, and I think you're about to say something that's against what everyone else seems to think. So why don't you just dive into your thoughts on Booksmart? So some people have been describing Booksmart as the female super bad. Yes, that's how it's And been for better or for worse, that is correct. Okay. So don't expect a very novel, you know, it, the, literally the premise of the movie is that these two girls who are best friends, they find out, you know, they, they didn't have any fun in high school mm-hmm. or like quote unquote fun. You know, they didn't party in high sure, school because sure. they were too focused on getting into their like Ivy yeah. League school. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And then they find out that the burnouts also got into Ivy's. So they think, <laughs> well, what was the point of us sacrificing all of our fun? So I guess that's, that's, funny. that's unique. <laughs> that's you know, that's, funny, that yeah. doesn't happen in Superbad. No. So that's the premise. They decide they're going to have one night yeah. of like debauchery. This is interesting. I know I want you to keep talking about this, but this is really interesting to me. The female Superbad, right? Yeah. And that idea of what is high school to a male and a female mm-hmm. and how different it seems to be. Because Superbad is all about essentially trying to hook up with these girls. Yeah. The entire premise 
is, I mean, somewhat similar if they want to party and have fun, but these guys have been doing that. They're probably closer to the burnouts, and their entire idea is they like these girls, they have crushes on them, and the whole point is to get there. So in this movie, you've got they're two They're also trying women. to get laid. Oh, they are trying to get laid. That is part of but the like, premise. But, like, not like... But not in this similar. Not like. But the whole laid, laid. They're just looking like if they hook up, it's good. You so, know what I mean? but it's but the... but their their entire intention is we just want to have some fun yeah. because we missed out. Whereas again, it's just a shift shift in a mindset that I find very interesting that gets portrayed that way. Um, again, I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of reasons. And this is Olivia Wilde who directed and I think co-wrote it. I don't know if she has a writing credit, but a okay. woman wrote the script. Okay, so clearly it's coming from that perspective. Yeah, so I just thought that um, the jokes didn't land. Mm. Like, it's, I don't, maybe I'm just being a curmudgeon, but, like, because people in the, in the theater were, like, like, belly ache laughing. Like, really? they, you know, like, uproarious laughter. And I, like, maybe let out, like, a... <laughs> You know, oh, like oh really? Breathy. So it just wasn't landing for you. It just wasn't landing for me. Like there was a lot. Do of you things... like super bad? Like is that yeah, I laughed? think super bad is okay. really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. So like I don't know. And like the lead girl, like was a lot like me in high school. Like kind of like almost like aggressive. Like like aggressive in her personality because she wants to accomplish something mm-hmm. uncompromising and like i didn't like her mm. and it wasn't because she was showing things in her personality that are like you know negative traits in me because sometimes that happens when you you see the negative and you portrayed and that makes you like not like them i just didn't think she was particularly interesting mm. her like best friend is like a le- is a lesbian and so the point the lesbian storyline is literally to like hook up with her crush mm-hmm. and she's not that's not it that wasn't very interesting mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so all of the side characters were had more like fleshed out backstory that's interesting than these two overachievers yeah and that that would make it difficult to kind of dive into this movie like i found the other characters much more interesting much more enjoyable um, there is one girl, um, Billy Lord, who is um, the daughter of Leia. Oh, um, you should know this. I should know this, and I can't believe that I'm freezing. It's excusable for me not to know her name. Anyways, Princess Le- Princess Leia's daughter, Billy, it has a really great role as a as a girl named Gigi. Um, so she was really great. Some of the performances were really stand out. I just thought like. It, it was trying too hard. Like, the way that, you know, the way that Lady Bird was touted as, like, this completely original coming-of-age story. And I'm like, this isn't that original, and it wasn't that funny. And, you know, I could have taken her leave and left mm. it, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Some people really obvi- – it, it has, like, 97 on Rotten Tomatoes, but so does – um. Ladybird, and I didn't really like Ladybird. Like Ladybird either, yeah. And I, I went to Catholic school. And, and I was, again, I was middle ground on Ladybird, yeah. Again, it was like I'm like, okay, I was, you know, I was an overachiever girl at a Catholic school, so I should have, I wanted to relate to Ladybird, and I wanted to relate to this, and I, I just well, couldn't. But let me throw something out there because I didn't see this movie, but I saw Ladybird, and my problem with Ladybird was I knew some Ladybirds in high school, right? And they were the people no one talked to and no one liked. Yeah. I think the people who are enjoying these movies 
are probably probably not as connected to these characters as they think they are. I think people like to think them, of themselves as a certain type of character. Oh, like you're, I think I'm a man. Yeah, like I bet you, girl. you honestly were the type of character that they're trying to portray. Yeah. But because the, the portrayal's off, other people are like, oh yeah, that's exactly how it is. But they yeah. were no nothing like that. They had no connection. And maybe you actually had the, those aspects so you know what it was like and you know how people behave and that's why you're not connecting with it yeah. because it's not working for you and the, the portrayal's not not good enough like you're not seeing enough because i was the funny fr- i was all those things and the funny friend yeah yeah so it's like yeah. i'm like she's not that funny yeah and the people <laughs> laughing are the ones like oh what a quirky person i'm so like that but really they're not like there was one scene where there's like these drama kids which was admittedly pretty funny and they were talking about how they were going to do this thing over summer in the parking lot and then everyone in the theater well like a certain segment of theater just like was dying laughing i'm like oh those are all of the, the drama, the drama kids. kids who recognize <laughs> yeah. those people so like yeah. there are like there are some jokes i just yeah. didn't think yeah. they were like laugh out loud funny there is one like amazing scene to look out for when they get into a pizza man's car mm-hmm. and they're trying to like get the pizza man to do things um and it was just that to me was amazing writing like great comedic timing but like the thing is those two girls the two leads you could have swapped them out for any actresses right i think that really is what their performances like were not that great yeah like whatever they're not bringing anything unique and interesting you could have swapped them out for anyone Yeah. yeah um yeah, and there is um, – I do want to mention one weird aspect because my friend Megan texted me about it today, and I did think it was really weird when I was watching it and just kind of forgot about it. There's a teacher in the in the movie who, like, helps the girls out and then eventually, like, um, has, like, a thing with one of the students who's, like, 20. So, like, the student is legal, but still that <laughs> – and it's a female teacher, so I don't know if they were trying to be, like, subversive. Like, oh, normally it's yeah. the male teacher yeah. who's going after the students. But I felt like it was kind of, like, in not bad taste, but, like, you know, if you were being subversive, it, like, didn't – it's just still – it's still Did creepy. Did it serve a purpose to sort of the plot of the movie? No, they – No. Oh, okay, yeah. See, that's that's where it's in bad taste. If you're doing something like that and you're subverting an expectation because there's a point or there's a there's a moment or you're you're going for something, yeah, that's fine. Because but if just throwing it in, if there. we if it was a male teacher, we know like oh that's inappropriate yeah. that he's being yeah, a predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, are we supposed to? Oh, like women can be predators too. Yeah, LOL. Yeah. But it's like it's a comedy. Yeah, Why are so you? it's not. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting to me because it it, it kind of reminds me of like the lowest denominator of comedy like when you resort Purdy. to yeah when you resort to like uh you know a, a inappropriate joke or like fart humor they call it where it's just like you just resort to something like that because you're just trying to get a cheap laugh sometimes i find that filmmakers who are a little more sophisticated still resort to that type of thing elsewhere where they're like oh well my whole purpose is to subvert an expectation that should never be your purpose for anything your purpose should be to tell your story in the way you want to tell it in a reason having those reasons and making a point and then if subverting expectation happens naturally then great Mm -hmm. but if that had served no purpose then yeah that's kind of confusing as to why is that in there yeah well 
also like it's it was very american in the sense that like the house party happens at like a really rich person's house yeah, yeah. And i'd love to see an american high school movie well ladybird they were like lower yeah. low yeah. lower middle class but yeah. like to see like an off like an authentic high school house Authent- party but that's the thing an authentic high school house parties suck they were terrible they yeah. they it was not you know you you had I think people have fun at the moment, but like it's not glamorous. That's the thing about. But like movies. that like, would have been you know. good. Yeah. Because yeah. you know they they go their whole lives not going to a house party, and, and then actually they... now you think about it, super bad house parties were as dingy as yeah, I like, think the real ones are. Especially like the first. Oh, the one first they one they go to. Like, oh yeah, yes, yeah. I absolutely. have been. I have in a been. House yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So like you know little things like seeing yeah. like. It's like, oh, great, more rich Californians yeah, in high yeah, school. Yeah. I'm like, do people really act like that? I don't know. Maybe, and it, I get, but again, it shows you the people who's making it. Like the right, I don't know who the writer is, but like Olivia Wilde, maybe she didn't lead a life that's connectable in certain ways. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you know, I don't know a lot about her past, and I know that she's a big advocate for a lot of things. I, I enjoy her as an actor, but you know, again, she's the director of this, and and. Maybe she that's what she knows. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it wasn't it, – it's definitely a stream it. Okay, you know, so you're you know, Especially it. if you get a couple of buddies together one night, pop some popcorn, have yeah. a good time. Yeah. But, like, I y- – you can pass this one out on theaters. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, mm. totally. Watch Superbad again. Great. <laughs> so there you go. Booksmart is a stream it going yeah. against a lot of other fans and So critics. shoot me. So there you go. <laughs> um, so I saw All is True. Which is uh, ba- kind of like a bio movie ish sort of about Shakespeare, but Kenneth Branagh directed and and stars in it as Shakespeare. Um, this was kind of a nice go back to his roots kind of film for him. He's been doing a lot of larger fantastical movies like Thor and even the um, even the Train one, the uh, Murder on the Orient Express, sort of like a big lavish um, movie. This is much more grounded. It's much uh, closer to character-driven and and really centers around Shakespeare near the end of his life um, and the trials and tribulations that come with that because he's basically – he's got two sides to him that they show in this movie. There's basically the Shakespeare that we kind of would know as he was a traveling actor. He was writing. He kind of has a glamorous life in that sense. But then it's also the father and husband who is gone, always gone and never at home and not really connected, not really part of – the house um and it was it's interesting because there's there's lots of great little humor moments in this but this is a drama this is a sad kind of melancholy which is perfect for shakespeare drama where he's dealing with this these aren't spoilers because these things you know kind of are already there he's dealing still with the his son being dead the death of his son he's dealing with a wife who clearly is disconnected from him uh judy dent dench plays anne hathaway who was shakespeare's wife um he's dealing with a young writer who's like desperately trying to get to find out how shakespeare does what he does which is some of the best scenes i think and some of the funniest moments um and then he's got his friend played by ian mckellen who he's sort of like ranting to and and to me this movie is is perfect as a break from all the sort of garbage that's out there and all the if you're not a huge into big blockbusters and if if you really this is a really solid movie for those reasons like a period it's bio. a period bio movie it's really well done it's well directed it's really well acted um 
there's this really – again, nothing I'm going to say is a spoiler, but there's really, like, funny moments where Shakespeare got a lot of criticism for never really visiting anywhere. So he wrote about places but never really visited them. So this young writer who comes to see him is basically asking him, like, but how do you know? Like, how do you know this? And, and Shakespeare is just like – it's just it's in my imagination and then like goes off and and whatever and it's just that's the way he was where he's like i'm a writer it doesn't matter what's real these this well, is people, fake what is this the 1400s people weren't just casually going on no holiday. And, and that's the thing like shakespeare and what plays are and what movies can be is like and people forget about this and this is why i really like quentin tarantino is he takes something real and then puts it into a fantastical way inglorious bastards is not a historic movie but it has historic connotations to it but he takes his own view of history shakespeare did very similar things where he took his own view of history and made it more interesting and, and did different things to it so it's just really interesting that in in that time he's our again this is why i think people have never changed social media just makes it easier to see who people really are but they've never changed because even back then in like the 14 whatevers people are are, are criticizing him for mm -hmm. never visiting these places um there's also really great moments between him and judy dench where the whole idea of him being a stranger in his home is like a, a theme in there where there's this really interesting moment that could in any movie be lame and pathetic. And when I'm about to say it, it's going to sound that way. But because of how well it's done, it was executed so well. He's walking past the garden and, and like Judy Dench turns to him and says, husband, can you help me? Um, and he says, I think you sometimes I think you'd be better off if uh, I didn't help you. And that's like the, that's basically the way he's feeling is he feels like if he was not around anymore, his family would actually be better off because they've got right. his wealth. They've got his success. But his presence there interrupts things and changes things in a way. So I, I really found it a really interesting movie because I studied Shakespeare in school. Um, I went to school for theater. So I kind of had that background going in. But even if you don't, it's so good and you, and you learn a lot. They really do a good job of introducing who is this guy, what's his background in history, and where kind of is he now. Um, so to me, it's a see it for sure. It's really fascinating, and I and I highly recommend going to check it out. I don't know a lot about Shakespeare, but I did, you know, learn a fact about him, mm -hmm. which may or may not be true, that he gave his wife in his will, and I assume that it's the wife that the movie is about. Yes, he gave her um, in his will only his second best bed and nothing else and he didn't really like her and that's the, their relationship is not very good in this in this film um and that is i mean if that fact is true i don't know but if that is true i, I could get it goes for, to oh 100 percent. like even, they do not you don't but she doesn't get, like him either though you don't even get the best bed you get no. my second she, they don't she doesn't like him either like right. there there's a torn thing here and and it's also so far in our past where well but they're married so there's nothing you can do about it really mm -hmm. and um you know it's it's to me at least it is a very accurate from what i know of shakespeare telling of it so what you just said makes 100 percent sense okay. like it would fit in again i mean 100%. you know you hear you like pick up these historical facts yeah. but you don't know actually like how oh, well, accurate there what's kind of interesting is how different he is than his writing because shakespeare's later plays are a little bit different than his earlier ones his, his later plays like his earlier ones like romeo and juliet and stuff they're like mm -hmm. they're full of excitement they're full of hope um, some are tragic, but still have like that kind of action. Yeah, action and quality to it. But his later plays are very rooted in magic 
and rooted in people coming back from the dead and rooted in that theme. And you see a lot of that in this. You see why he thinks about that, not just because of the tragedy around his son, but but he he has a daughter as well. And he just seeing the, the way he is with his family, you can kind of understand why he shifted his focus a bit and his plays really changed. They do a really good job of setting that up. So yeah, I think that Shakespeare as a young man and Shakespeare in his in his sort of last years were very different. And he right. was he was kind of a bitter, vindictive guy in the way that that he's portrayed in this movie. Where I 100% could see him doing those types. It's of It's like the artist Rembrandt. The way he painted in the beginning of his career mm. was really different. Then again, he was going blind. Yeah, yeah. And he was painting more or yeah. less blind. But again, when he's contemplating his death, yeah. he goes to more yeah. like religious yeah. themes and stuff. So. We are human and we change. Yeah, and that's the yeah, and I think that's a that's actually a really interesting point, and and I think that this movie really hits that home is that we're human beings, we change, and sometimes you can have many different selves and many different faces. That's something we learned actually about in theater school from the beginning is the idea of masks and how you of yourself put on a mask, mm-hmm. like you 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 and I behave in front of each other differently than than you probably behave in front of your boyfriend, in front of your family, in front of your friends. Like you're putting on a different mask. Right. And in this movie, it's so that division is so clear, mm-hmm. but in his old age, he starts to lose that ability. So when the young writer comes around and talks to him, he's annoyed, and he wants him to go away. When 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 he was younger, it would have been different. So right. I think that like showing that kind of breakdown and going back to maybe maybe not necessarily your true self, but a self that has been created based upon all these experience you have and all your walls are breaking down. So you just sort of losing some of it and it's clear that shakespeare has gone through a lot and there is a huge tragedy to to this character and the way they show it in the film that's why i really say it is a drama even though there's lots of funny moments and i did laugh in it um it's it's a drama but i i'm giving it a see it it's i highly recommend seeing this movie all right so there you go all is true a see it from me book smart a uh stream it a stream from it. Um, we'll yeah. see if we get comments about that write in if you like book smart i think I can see a lot of people liking it. A lot of people like Lady Bird. This la- yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we have like, lots of Lady Bird discussions. I don't know what to say. Just, you know, sometimes it's a hit or a miss. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Um, let's get into some headlines. Yeah, for sure. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener. Not a great plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend, who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan, where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Lee Daniels says Jesse Smollett will not return to Empire, but some insiders are less sure. Not a great plan. So, okay, so more drama. So, yeah, this is our um, Jesse Smollett update for (laughs) the month or the week. So, um, as we know, a couple months ago, um, Jesse was... 
Jesse said he was um, a victim of, you know, a racial profiled attack, a, a race crime. Um, the Chicago police then accused him of perpetrating his own race crime. Um, they then dropped the charges um, and they said he was not guilty. But then the police, the Chicago police are now suing him for damages for the cost of the investigation so that happened a couple months ago at that time um the um the network mm-hmm. where what empire runs on what network uh showtime showtime i think well whoever you know is responsible for renewing contracts i assume the 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 broadcaster has some yeah, say the in network it. would have the network has some that, say yeah. in it so they um they said we're not gonna have jesse back but we are gonna renew his contract um just in case you know things happen um so he's gonna so, get paid even though he's not on the yeah so that was kind of wh- what happened that w- i just gave you a quick recap yeah. of what happened so as it stands he has a contract for the new year but yeah. there was no plans to include him in new episodes hmm. so Oh, and it says here, Fox seems to have quietly made a decision on how it feels about Smollett, though with Variety reporting that multiple production sources says that Empire writers have begun developing ideas for how to bring Smollett's character back in the second half of the sixth and final season. Variety says that the primarily black cast members believe Smollett is innocent of faking the attack, Mm. while the mostly white below-the-line crew think he's guilty, resulting in some tensions on set. Oh, my God. The Variety (laughs) report makes it sound like those tensions were Fox's main concern in the first place, as in not, you know. So Fox must be the distributor then. And Fox is concerned about whether or not to renew his contract. Um, and the sources suggest that it's hoping everything will have calmed down between now and whenever the final episodes of the seasons are filmed. So that was the Variety report. But Empire co-creator Lee Daniels got on Twitter to deny the story, saying Jesse will not be returning to Empire. That seems pretty definitive, but the contract is still on the table. Yeah. So um, it's really like... <laughs> it's getting more and more complicated and complex every time we hear an update. Especially, yeah. like, I just don't even know what to think. Well, that's, that's, the, that's like, did he do, was he a victim of a crime? And if he was, that's horrible. And he should be, have room to, like, deal and with that he, trauma. And if he faked a crime, that's horrible. Yeah. And we are probably never going to have, oh, We're and never going to have an answer to this. And to me, that's the only thing that matters because all of this is just whatever. But it's, and it should be. This is the one time. That I feel not the one time, but in, in a lot of areas where I don't feel like there's there's areas of gray here. He either it happened to him or it didn't. Either he faked it or a hate crime was for him. And I agree with you. If if he is the victim of a hate crime, then he the person the people need to be punished for it, and he needs to be given time and resources to heal. To re- heal. But if he faked it, that's horrible considering what people. He should probably through. go to jail. One hundred percent. I one hundred percent. You know. You'd like to think, oh, the justice justice has been carried out because there was an investigation and mm-hmm. he was found not guilty. But like, but then the police are, but that what but doesn't now make the sense police is the police is are... going and, and I read also that um, the city or I don't know if it's like the district attorney or whoever they're gonna unseal records. Wow, because it's still like a ongoing issue. But you know, like you unfortunately. 
law is not black and white. We like to think that when justice is carried out, you know, if no, if the court right. finds the person guilty, they've committed the crime. But that's or not vice true. Versa. Sometimes it's they're not, wrong. It's not true. It's the finessing of lawyers. It's the yeah. finessing of the courts. So. Law, law is as much uh, an art form in a game of squash as it is as it is the truth. Because if you're just a better lawyer, you can win so a case. So we will never know. We will never know. I don't think yeah, we will ever know whether is, or yeah. not he you know he is a victim or if he's the perpetrator i don't think we'll ever know and that's that's the biggest thing that's the shame of this and and what what keeps keeps me so confused is all the evidence and all the things that came out early made it clear to me and like this guy clearly Did faked it. this but now why would you if you're thinking in the back of your head that you did why would you still be persistent like to me, it yeah, seems like still claiming you're innocent. Yeah, to me, it vocal. seems like to to me that's that's the act of an innocent person. I feel like a guilty person would have tried to quietly Been like, make oh, this. I I got off. Yeah, and, and then, like done things to like maybe still maintain they're innocent, but like not have pushed it. Not this been far. in the public eye, and yeah, he's I mean, still. I do, but I think I mean I could be wrong on this one, but I feel like his lawyer may be suing for slander. Wow, but I don't know. I, that might be that. <laughs> That might be completely out of the box. But then, yeah, there's apparently a legal conspiracy. But so much is... is happening with this thing. Who wow. knew? There you so go. anyways, we still need to have a lawyer on to tell yeah, us. Yeah, we, we need to consult a lawyer. I don't know if our movie fans are also lawyers. No, if, but if anyone out there is listening as a lawyer, let us know. And just, it is a Come bananas. on and try to explain this to us because yeah. we're confused. Okay, what's the next headline? So this one's for you. Dark Phoenix is having the worst opening of any X-Men movie Ever. Not a great plan. I hate this movie so much. Um, I saw on your Twitter this weekend. It was terrible. Blowing it, it up. It was. It was garbage. And the thing that that really upsets me about when superhero movies are bad is because there's such a bad reputation and perception still out there from people. A lot of it is is snobbery and isn't actually true. But. There, the, the, when you make garbage like this, it just proves people's. Yeah, point. everyone's like, see, superhero movies are shitty. Exactly, because this movie was so bad. So awful that I just there's there's almost no redeeming quality to it. I, and I keep thinking about it, and there are moments in there where I'm like, I get what they were going for, but they just it was poorly executed. They um, from what I read, they refilmed like one third of the movie. They refilmed the entire third act because the ending was too similar to Captain Marvel. But no offense, it's a superhero movie. They're all the endings They're are all the same. Similar. I know. <laughs> and actually, you know, I, what I will say is I, I think I had the least amount of problems with the third act of this movie than I did about so the So it was good. Maybe it. they needed to refilm yeah, the like, first two. The, the, basically, the, end, the finale takes place on this train. Um, I have actually some of the most interesting part of it because of the fighting and what was going on. But anyway, the thing about this movie that really bothers me is uh, – concepts that I think are important that exist in superhero movies and are the reasons why I like superhero movies were done so poorly in this that it didn't it didn't work in the movie the movie has a simplistic plot but they approached it in the most complex way they could figure out how to do it there were so many different forces at work here that it, the, the the whole dark phoenix story from the comic books and even done well in the cartoon was jean gray's power is so strong she has a power within her that she can't control but this movie is like yes she has a power within her she can't control and some space dust got in her and some aliens are after her and oh by the way she's also kind of losing her mind a little bit but emotions make her strong like it's just there's too much there's too many things is she also the daughter of magneto uh, no, that's uh, Scarlet Witch. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, no. She's not related to Magneto in any way. Um, but basically, 
this movie there were two there are two really good sentiments in the movie that were ruined for me and one one i had independently so there there's a, a moment where professor x is explaining to a young gene who just hurt a bunch of people accidentally um the difference between a, a tool and a weapon so he gives her a pen and says this is a gift this is a gift and you can choose, it's your gift. You can choose what you want to do to it. You can you can draw a fantastic picture. You can stab someone in the eye with it. And that's a metaphor I've used for social media for years. That social media is like a hammer. You can you can hang a picture or you can smash someone's head in. It's only a weapon based upon how you use right. it. Um, and that's a great sentiment. But the scene was so awful that the it's like they gave up. James McAvoy is an amazing actor, and it's it it, it was terrible. He phoned it in. It, there were so many people. Um, Nicholas Holt, another really good actor, phoned in such an emotional scene. There, like a middle of the movie, big emotional moment between him and Professor X. It's a one-on-one scene. In superhero movies, these are the best parts. It's after a big action sequence. Something's happened. Someone's pissed off and upset. Some of the worst acting I've ever seen. Ever. And that includes The Room. I don't know. I mean, and this is supposed to be like... I saw in some articles, and I'm not a superhero person, so I'm not invested in this, but, um, you know, uh, there was, they were saying, like, this is the end of the X-Men. It should have yeah. been, it should have been X-Men's, Mar- like, you know, the last it's, Marvel it, it, Endgame. It's, yeah, it's the end of this arc. rendition and arc that's been going on for essentially 10 movies. There's been some timeline things, but, but essentially it's the end of it because – Disney has now purchased Fox, which owned the so rights to So that's probably – they're like, whatever. Yeah. We're not making any oh, more. Oh, that's exactly Let's what happened. Just... And Simon Kimberg, who wrote and directed this, should never write and direct again. He co-wrote a couple things on, on X-Men, and I think it's probably the bad stuff now that, now that I've seen it. It's poorly written. It's poorly directed. It's poorly acted. There's very little good things in here. It starts out, like, somewhat promising. Like, there's some things happening. Like, okay, this is like a normal superhero movie. This might get good, might get good, might get good. And then it never gets there. Nothing ever happens. It's not interesting. And I, I'm not only it's a skip it, it's forget this exists. It's one of the wait, worst things Wait I've five seen. years for the new Disney X-Men. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm now waiting for. Unfortunately, they've done a thing where now I'm going to have to wait for when Disney and Marvel figures out a way, probably brilliantly, to bring mutants and X-Men into it and reboot it again, But it, which is a shame because there are some X-Men movies I think even someone like you would like because X-Men was the first superhero movie to well, do something realistic and to do something that was grounded. Evan Peters is in one of them, and I, I love Evan Peters. Yes, he, Evan Peters was in this one, he as well as the last Magneto two. He Magneto out of jail. Yes. Yeah, Days of Future Past, which yeah. is one of the best X-Men movies. Like, if you want to see an X-Men movie, X-Men First Class, Days of Future Past, X-Men, like the original, and X-Men 2. Those four movies, stick to those, and you're fine. So you can skip The Last Stand. You can skip Dark Phoenix. X-Men Apocalypse has its moments. I'd say it's a little bit I've better. I've seen Logan. Logan's amazing. Logan's one of my favorites as well. You can see Logan. The Wolverine, but not Wolverine Origins. That one's too bad. But The Wolverine. But this is the thing about X-Men. Hit, miss. Hit, miss. Hit, miss. They can't It's whoever do is, it. you know, whoever is the writing and yeah. directing. And unfortunately, Simon Kimberg is terrible at writing because it was just, it was so horribly written. So there, there you, go. you go. That's my quick X Men Dark Phoenix review. In the you know, I had to headlines. include the. Yes. Okay. What's the next headline? DC Universe is already pulling the plug on Swamp Thing. Not a great plan. Yeah, I heard about this, and it hasn't even really debuted. It's has one it? week, one week after the one premiere okay. of the first season on the streaming service DC. DC. Uni- 
universe. I guess that's is that what, what it's called. called? Yeah. DC. I didn't even know they had their own streaming. They just platform. launched it like a couple months ago. So, um, so yeah, after the first week and less than two months after production of the show was abruptly halted and its episode order was cut from 13 to 10, Swamp Thing has been canceled. Oh. But the entire first season will air as planned with new episodes coming out every week until August. So the whole DC Universe plan is currently being reevaluated in wake of the AT&T taking over Time Warner. Yes. So once again, we're having a beautiful merger moment. Yes, AT&T um, and just Time like, Warner. Just like Disney is yeah. gobbling up um, their competitors. So, um, and... So they don't know if they're going to keep DC Universe, if it's going to be folded into, um, I guess, Warner Media has a streaming service. Hmm. Also, apparently, the higher-ups at Warner were never really uh, fond of the Swamp Thing to they, begin there with. There was a new person that was put in charge of the DC stuff, kind of like Kevin Feige yeah. on the other end of it. So maybe that person, I can't remember his name, but maybe that person had something to do with this because it's new. you know, when you cut... 13 to 10 right before it's supposed to air and one week after it airs you're like this is done yeah so they don't know yeah so some people are speculating okay so because of this merger maybe they're gonna re-jigger like what's gonna happen to the existing streaming platforms are they gonna be kind of immaculated into one um or was it just not uh, but how do you know if it's performing well if it's only been one week? I don't understand. And it might literally be a taste thing. And that's why I think maybe the new person is like, this the isn't the style I yeah, want. He's like, yeah, he's like, But what I, will, what I will say is I 100% respect that they would not wait if they knew they were going to make this decision. Because people need to go find their jobs and work. Yeah. And I think it sometimes sucks when television shows are that people are kind of kept on a leash sometimes and it's yeah. like kept kept in like are, are we going to be here next week and next week and they're still working they have no idea. So it was at least at least they could be like okay, we know this is happening, mm-hmm. we're cutting ties, but it is a little sudden and out of nowhere. I just thought and it was, you know, it wasn't like necessarily on my radar, but I've seen some stills from it and it looks looks well done. So, I was like maybe I will check it out. Well, not anymore if they're canceling after yeah. the first season. Yeah. So next headline. Next headline. Taylor Swift merch selling for more than $50 has a typo. Not a great plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, it's a floral shirt, and it's one of her lyrics that says, you're the only one of you, baby, that's the fun of you. And your is spelled in the untraditional way of Y-O-U-R, then the apostrophe, so they literally just the apostrophe is just yeah they've bumped the so it's not even like you know they've done the traditional your y-o-u-r and it was grammatically incorrect this is 100 percent bad copy editing yeah and the shirts are over 50 dollars wow and they've been on sale they well they were on sale for over a month so i think in that first month people aren't you know, whatever they just—they don't zoom in. They say, "Oh, I no, like that no. shirt." And you're—we're uh, trained to recognize groups of letters. Yeah. So if you see a group of letters that are correct, for the most part, you would miss it. So I just think that's hilarious yeah. that, that how really many funny. people are involved a lot, in I the imagine. designing. So like, someone designed the shirt. Someone, you know, someone embroidered probably the lettering or printed the lettering onto the shirt. And there's quality control, and there's people who are you know, involved in packaging and people are like, I'm sure. At no point in the chain yeah. of command where they like, hmm, 
Or someone noticed and went, oh boy, I, I can't I don't want to be the one I don't want to be fired. the one. Yeah, I don't want to be the person involved in this. Wow, that's so hilarious. Someone did say, why are you moping? Those shirts are going to be worth like thousands of Absolutely. dollars. Absolutely. Because, you know, they're, the, they're going to discontinue these ones. And then like 20 years from now, you own the discontinued yes, the tour discontinued short or whatever. Absolutely. But um, classic. Taylor, classic. Taylor can't catch a break. Taylor She's Swift. always getting. I'm looking forward to her Cats movie. Oh, my gosh. In no way. Okay, next headline. Russia hates HBO's Chernobyl, decides to make its own series. Not a great plan. I really love this series. I've been watching it. I want to watch. I don't, um, I haven't tried to use my Crave because it was actually my mom's boyfriend's Crave and oh. they broke up. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know if we got Crave in the breakup and I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> I understand. I gotcha. It, so I it might be worth it. <laughs> I, just to see if that old Yeah, because I, I will still... say like after, after Game of Thrones ended, I was sitting here with my Crave package and i'm like do i keep this but then chernobyl it has the highest rating on ibmd yeah like uh, chernobyl be, and even barry there's a couple more on there other series that i really like but chernobyl i've been really enjoying chernobyl it. beat shawshank redemption on i and like shawshank is considered like i think i've only watched like two or three episodes but they've been great so far. i really want to see it so what russia is mad about is that like how dare a foreign power um portray our own he- heroes like our own history mm. um which is like a valid critique yeah. like slavic people are often portrayed as as like the you know the villains or mm-hmm. mobsters or prostitutes so like slavic people haven't portrayed been portrayed very well in western media so like i can understand a country being like why are you mm-hmm. kind of telling our stories <laughs> that's valid but <laughs> The premise for the Russian Chernobyl Mm -hmm. is that instead of focusing on, you know, the quote unquote heroes, which is like the scientists, the cleanup team, you know, the people who were the scientists who were kind of figuring out the issue when other people didn't know what was going on. So instead of because that's what, you know, the Russian media said, you know, how dare they portray our heroes on screen? Well, instead of doing a, you know, a straight kind of after the explosion. They're going to focus on a conspiracy theory that foreign agents had infiltrated the plant prior to the explosion. Wow. So of course you are. <laughs> the heroes will now be um, KGB officers. Um, also, Putin, don't come for me. I'm your like biggest fan. <laughs> you kill journalists. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble for saying mean things about Russia on air. <laughs> I'll say it. Putin, come at me. I love Putin. But anyways, um, so I just think it's funny. You know, they talk this big talk like, oh, you are doing a disservice. You're not portraying our history correctly. And then they choose like a really obscure, a really obscure theory. conspiracy yeah, yeah. theory. Did um, you see the video of Vladimir Putin tripping on, on, uh, ice, on skates? I- ice skate? Uh-huh. Yeah. That was one of the best moments of my life. Because it was like ice and then it was carpet carpet like out of nowhere and and, and that's the thing is that could happen to anybody but and because he's a it very was him, talented skater well yeah um but the, the fact that it was him made it so much funnier i know putin oh pooty um <laughs> do we have time for we got time for one more okay sorry parents but that baby shark youtube video will now be a tv show not a great plan you got to explain this to me. I've heard this baby shark thing forever. Baby I have shark. no do, idea what do, this do. is. I don't know how it goes. It's like. This is a song? Yeah. It's like. By who? By like no one. Like it's like a 
it used to my friend Aaron said it was a camp song. Like oh, they used okay. to sing it at camp and there was like hand movements, yeah. you know, like baby shark, grandpa shark, bloop bloop bloop. So anyways, a couple I mean maybe last year, someone, you know, YouTube YouTube kid is its own subset. It is, yeah. And like it's weird. It a lot sounds of weird like stuff on there. it sounds like the wild west of <laughs> And so, like, I feel like people, like, make videos and they become viral and, like, we don't know who they are, but, like, people who, they're, like, they become celebrities in YouTube Kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know who made the video, but it's, like, a very low production. It's, like, two kids singing and there's, like, you know, like, Caillou level, um, you know, like, really flat anim- sure. animation behind yeah. it. And it's, like, the kids singing the baby shark. Yeah. So, but it's, like, a phenomenon like kids love this yeah, song because yeah. it's like really easy to sing and it's catchy so now nickelodeon is making it into a um animated children's series for preschoolers based on this song yeah and this like viral video oh, okay. and it's going to be the adventures of baby shark and you'll probably meet mama shark and daddy shark and grandma and grandpa shark well, I didn't, people would do anything to make a buck. <laughs> and you know what? The preschoolers are probably going to watch it. Oh, probably. I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. So, there, there you go. go. Wow. That's, that's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Baby shark. Yeah. Baby I, I've shark. just, I've never had this explained to me. Well, you don't, well, not even your sister's kids? No, not that, not that I've heard them spring up. No. Hmm. They're into Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol was the that big got thing. renewed. That got renewed. Yeah, yeah. That that's that that was huge with all of them for the most yeah. part. But then, like m- my sister's oldest kid, he's now old enough that he, like he's really into watching hockey and he's starting right. sports. Is and he like ten? He's ten, so yeah. he started like he you know Jurassic World he's and he's not... starting to get to that level of like movies. But even yeah, even the two younger ones, like no, not that I know of. I at least I've never really heard this song. I've just heard people reference it over and over again. Um, but yeah, there you go. I've given you the, there you go. That's the, the, those are the the (laughs) headlines. That's the scoop for the week. (laughs) What a way to end things off. Um, well, thanks everybody uh, so much for listening. Uh, just a quick reminder that again, if you want to get your fan questions in, make sure they come to us by email before five o'clock on the Monday before uh, the show. And we'll make sure they, it, uh, it gets on air. Yeah. And in the meantime, go see some movies.